What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 447 of the Smart Guy Moment Smack Talk podcast, Hot Tags of the Week, where I'll be giving you a breakdown of some of the current events, rumors, news, gossip, and other things that have happened in the world of professional wrestling over the past few days that I feel like talking about. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and I am once again giving Rob the week off. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, been doing lots of different things this past week or so. I've been trying to take a break a little bit this past week. I actually wasn't necessarily going to do the hot tags, but uh, this was one of those weeks where lots of things have happened. So kind of felt like I needed to put something out there for everybody that is interested in hearing at least my thoughts about the stuff. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of these things, I'm sure, or in the mailbag next week. So uh, if you're curious what Rob and Callum have to say about some of these things, I'm sure you can always just pitch it as a mailbag question because, hey, look at that. I'm getting a plug out of the way. Mailbag is coming up next week, quarter three. We haven't done one of these in a couple of months. So uh, if you want to send in your mailbag questions in advance, go ahead and do that. We will be trying to do it live on Wednesday afternoon, probably somewhere between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern. And I'm not entirely sure all the little details that go along with that, but you know, by all means, when the mailbag happens, that's when you guys can pitch your questions and we can give you some answers for things and you can pick our brains about things. So anything that I talk about here, anything we missed over the past week or so, anything that pops up after this point, just, uh, you know, send us a question and we'll try to break that down in some capacity. But I'm going to do my best to kind of give you my thoughts at the very least from these topics and not try to go super, super deep in detail for some of them because some of them are just depressing topics and just frustrating things to talk about and stuff like that. So keep that in mind as well. But, you know, we need to talk about some of these things. So that's what I'm doing here. And that's what your part is in the comments section below. So by all means, if you're listening to this on a podcast platform that does not have some kind of a comment section on it, like Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, whatever it is, then hop on over to one that does. Like, uh, obviously, you could send us a tweet at Smart at Moment. You can Send us some kind of a post on facebook.com slash smartoutmoment. You can do the same on the comments section on smartoutmoment.com for this or any other post for that matter. But the best thing to do is to do this on the YouTube channel. You're probably listening to this here because more people listen to that on uh, YouTube than anywhere else. And that's kind of my preference anyway. So if you are on YouTube and you haven't subscribed already, hit that subscribe button. Ring that little notification bell because that also will alert you of when we go live whenever we go live for this mailbag. And then, you know, you don't have to worry about necessarily like getting your uh, calendar in sorts. You could just check your email and then go, okay, they're live now, and then click on it. And, um, you know, hit the like button on the video as well. That helps out quite a bit. But yeah, drop a comment below. Tell me your thoughts on these hot tags. So I said before, lots of hot tags to go down here. Some of them are going to be a breeze. Some of them are going to be bigger topics for another time that I won't talk about in super great detail. And some of them are going to be a little bit more detailed. Uh, first being that I want to talk about the final episode of Undertaker, The Last Ride. It was chapter five, Revelation, where they wrapped up that whole story about his potential end of his career and the going projection at the very least is that The Undertaker is retired, but I don't necessarily buy it. I know that a lot of people are doing the, you know, the thank you taker type stuff, and they're putting things out there like on Madison Square Garden where they're really treating it like a true retirement. And for what it's worth, Undertaker in the documentary says that that's his 
retirement and he's walking away and he's not going to do this anymore, whatever like that. But he also says, hey, if Vince McMahon calls me up, I'm probably going to return. So how many times have we seen that in the past? The Undertaker has been talking about retirement since I think it was like early 2000s or so, 20 years go by after that point. And, um, you know, it's been multiple matches over the past few years in particular that he says that's going to be the end and then he comes back. That's going to be the end and then he comes back. It happens quite often and there is a big part of me that feels even though the last ride specifically revolves around this idea that he's okay with his retirement right now, once fans come back and there's that sort of, oh, I didn't get the big crowd reaction. I didn't get to actually wrestle a match with AJ Styles. It was just you know, uh, an elongated brawl backstage segment that took place not backstage. I think that he's going to want to do another one. And it might be against AJ Styles. Maybe it's WrestleMania next year. Maybe it's against somebody else. Maybe it's Survivor Series if we're able to get fans back in uh, November. I don't know. Survivor Series is something to think about, though, because that is his full 30-year, you know, full circle from his career since he re- he did made his debut at least in WWE it's you know it's been more years before that but his debut was Survivor Series 1990 so 30 years is going to be Survivor Series 2020 and that seems to be an even better way to to kind of close the book or something so I don't buy it 100% but just in case that ends up being the end of this Next week, as I mentioned, we're going to be doing the mailbag this, this coming Wednesday. But the week afterward, uh, next Wednesday, I should basically say, we don't have 100% a guaranteed topic to talk about yet. And of course, things can pop up and things may change and stuff like that. But I'm thinking more than likely we'll probably do some kind of an Undertaker at retrospective, maybe Superstar scores, maybe one more match. So what do you think? What would you like to see? Would you rather us do one or the other? And, you know, if you got any preferences or anything like that, then drop it in the comments below. Let me know. And what the hell, I'll go and toss out another plug in the meantime. If you want to make sure that we do those things and maybe do both of those things or something like that, the best way to make sure that there's the time and the motivation and the uh, flexibility to be able to do these kind of things is to donate to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash smartoutmoment. And for that matter, patreon.com slash fanboys anonymous as well. Even a dollar goes a long way to just help keep the lights on and everything, especially with all the YouTube algorithm stuff being just the worst in the world. But, uh, you know, $5, uh, $10, $10 and up gives you access to the dark casts. Those are Patreon, Patreon exclusive. I don't know why I said Patreon. Uh, Patreon exclusive episodes of whatever we decide to do. Sometimes it's just the middle of the night. Rob and I just rambling about nonsense or something like that. I definitely want to do an episode of snack talk at some point on there. And there's uh, also the pick your poison tier, which that's the thing I'm pretty much alluding to here is that if you want to make sure that we do something, then the pick your poison tier means that you get to actually pick something that we do. It's some kind of a gimmick of some sorts, whether you want us to do some kind of an editorial, you want me to put something up on the website in like uh, you know, written fashion, or you want us to do some kind of a podcast that we can hopefully try to get around to doing, then, you know, once you request it and since you donated, then you get what you request essentially. I mean, that's pretty much how that works. So, you know, if we do something, 
other than an Undertaker retrospective of some sort, and you really want us to get into that topic, and you've got a preference of, you know, Superstar Scores or um, Mr. Smark or whatever it might be, then, hey, you know, pick your poison. That's what it's up for. So keep that in mind, patreon.com slash moment. And you know what? We're already eight minutes in. I'm just going to do another plug. I mentioned Fanboys Anonymous. If you don't know what Fanboys Anonymous is, go onto the website, fanboysanonymous.com. It's the geek uh, culture website, the sister site to Smartout Moment, where if you want to find like my thoughts on movies and comic books and video games and TV shows and other things on that kind of side of things, then they will all be on Fanboys Anonymous. So check out all the stuff that's happening there, the Facebook, the Twitter, the YouTube channel, all the podcast feeds, all that stuff. And if you want more from Fanboys Anonymous, which I really want to do more of, but I just don't keep finding the time to do it, then patreon.com slash Fanboys Anonymous works the same. You know, the more that I've got going into these websites, the less I have to do for other websites. And then the more fun that we can all have together. So yeah, fanboysanonymous.com. Check it out. Anyway, Undertaker, I don't think he's necessarily going to retire, but if he is, obviously I've mentioned many times in the past, Undertaker is my favorite character of all time, my second favorite performer of all time, just very narrowly beaten out by Shawn Michaels, so uh, that's, you know, that sucks if we don't see him the Undertaker anymore, but Undertaker, he deserves to retire in some kind of way that that he's happy, so if he's happy, then all of the fans should be happy too. Anyway... Let's move on to another topic here. This one's not 100% confirmed, but at least part of it is. There were discussions that Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode, and Mustafa Ali have been moved over to the Monday Night Raw rosters, and now we know at the very least that Ziggler and Roode are, because Ziggler and Roode have already been confirmed. (laughs) That's how it kind of works. Ziggler popped up on Monday Night Raw. He challenged Drew McIntyre, and they're going to have a match at Extreme Rules for the WWE Championship, and in the process, he mentioned that he and Rude have been brought over to Raw as part of a trade of sorts with AJ Styles going over to SmackDown. Mustafa Ali has not been confirmed, and we've had plenty of stories over the past few months or so of different people moving around on different rosters that haven't yet panned out yet, so I don't know if I 100% believe in that, I mean, by the same rationale, I should have believed that Velveteen Dream was coming up to Raw or SmackDown, and that hasn't happened yet. We haven't seen anything from Chelsea Green yet, and she was supposed to be moving up to Raw or SmackDown. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic hasn't showed up, and he was supposed to be going up there too, so it may not be true about Ali. He hasn't been on SmackDown at the very least, so that may indicate one thing or another, or it could just mean that they have no idea what they want to do with his storyline. I don't know, but the idea of Ziggler and Rude moving over to Raw, I don't necessarily think that Rude's going to factor much in there, especially since he lives in Canada and he can't travel to the United States yet. But Ziggler going over to Raw and being a part of this whole feud with Alf, uh, with Alf, yeah, with himself, against uh, Drew McIntyre, I'm on board with it. I think that Ziggler's been on SmackDown long enough. He's been working with a lot of the same people, so... You know, if he gets to work with Apollo Crews and he gets to work with Drew McIntyre and all that, then, you know, hey, good. Change it up a little bit. I don't think that Ali going over to Raw is going to be a good idea, though. I think he needs to stay on SmackDown and he needs to potentially feud with AJ Styles. And, uh, you know, maybe he turns heel. Maybe he stays babyface. I don't really know. But I think that that's a better spot for him. So I hope that that's not necessarily true. And if it is, that I hope that they balance out the rosters in some other way, too. Speaking of rosters, though, let's talk about some of these other things that uh, 
I don't want to get super into because a lot of it's discussions that I shouldn't necessarily be the person controlling the discussion about. A lot of things are just politics. A lot of things are, you know, they, they hit strike a nerve with a lot of people. But here is the, the quick rundown. Sammy Guevara has been suspended from AEW. Uh, Liguero and Travis Banks have been supposedly released from WWE, NXT UK. Tessa Blanchard has been fired and stripped of her Impact Wrestling World Championship. There are potential others that may be getting released or suspended or whatever the case may be. We're hearing some stuff that maybe Velveteen Dream is done and that they may have something to do with a car accident that he was a part of, but it might not. It might be something with the whole speaking out movement. Uh, Mike Elgin has been, I think, released or so. I, I don't really follow a whole lot of Impact and ROH and a lot of those kind of things, so forgive me. I, I don't really keep up to speed with, you know, David Starr and so on and so forth. But I mentioned this before, the speaking out hashtag and all the, the allegations and stuff that has been happening throughout the wrestling industry because uh, obviously huge deals. Uh, people should feel comfortable enough to be able to talk about these things and not feel hounded and bad people should get punished and good people shouldn't be accused of things that they didn't do and there's all the, the gray areas that are like that, but um, I haven't heard anything. I don't know for sure. I haven't really done a super deep dive, to be perfectly honest, about some of the things like, is AEW going to respond about Justin Roberts? Is, uh, is anybody else on the AEW side of things problematic? Is anybody in WWE being hushed-hushed or something like that? I'm sure there are plenty more stories that haven't been told. I'm sure there are plenty of stories that have been told that have been shushed. I'm sure that there are plenty of stories that aren't necessarily 100% true. So here's how I kind of look at the, the the long and short of it. I mentioned before the long of it is everybody who's bad deserves to get punished and everybody who do doesn't do anything wrong doesn't deserve to get any kind of crap thrown in their way no matter what, in any circumstances, in any kind of political issue, social issue, whatever it is, just, you know, golden rule, treat everybody the way that you expect to be treated and don't be a dick. But um, as far as Sammy Guevara, I get the feeling Sammy Guevara falls under the the spectrum of it was a different time frame for him to be saying some cruder jokes that he didn't quite understand would be as offensive. And he eventually understood that they were offensive and that he didn't do it as much anymore. And he feels bad. I get that kind of impression. Again, I'm not involved. It's not my right to say one thing or another. I am not the person who needs to forgive him, you know, all that other kind of stuff. But I get the feeling that he probably is not some, like, deep-rooted, awful person or so. Liguero and Travis Banks, they seem like they do not have a great track record of relationships. And if they have been awful, then I don't see the point in keeping them around as much. Uh, I do think that there is sort of a discrepancy with bad relationships and it doesn't have anything to do with the working place. Like if you're just a jerk and like, you know, you're, you're not communicative in your relationship and it's like a personal private issue. I don't think that that means that you shouldn't ever have any kind of a job, you know, and to a certain extent, maybe that's true. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. Again, all these details are just hazy and stuff, but like, I don't think that a lot of circumstances are us uh, being able to judge. And I think that a lot of people just hop on Twitter and they just want to make 
enemies out of everybody and they want to be a part of the solution by attacking people. If Ligero, Travis Banks, whoever it is, Jordan Devlin, um, Joe Coffey, you know, all these people that were the, all these allegations, if these are private issues, they're more for the people dealing with the private issues. Uh, you know, I think it's weird if it's like, you know, hi, I'm McKenzie from uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, and I think that I should be the one leading the charge against so-and-so that I've never met and whatever. Like, if you don't know what's going on, you shouldn't be the one who's the most offended and stuff. So WWE knows more about it. If they felt like they should be released, then good call, I guess. You know, I mean, I don't know. Tessa Blanchard... Uh, she seems like that's not necessarily a part of this whole speaking out thing or um, the stuff from, I think it was earlier this year or so. Yeah, it was, was it earlier this year? I don't know, 2020 has been very long about her previous like racist comments and stuff like that. If she was guilty of that, which I'm not even sure was the case. I, I don't remember if she was or not, or if that was just one of those like he said, she said types of things. But it doesn't seem like that's necessarily why she got fired. It seems like she got fired because she has been in Mexico and Impact wanted her to record some promotional material for her next title defense. And she basically said no, which if you don't do your job, then you get fired. That's how jobs work. And I don't think you need to be even an adult to understand how that works. But then again, how many adults are really adults these days? Most adults are childish and so many child... Uh, range kind of people you know maybe they're technically like preteens teenagers young adults whatever are so much more mature uh, mature than 50 year olds or 60 year olds or whatever so um tessa if she did not do her job and then got fired well that's what you get fired for uh being stripped of the impact world championship means that that probably wasn't the best decision to push along with that, right? Because they didn't really get much out of that idea. Like, let's ignore the potential racism allegations and really put the championship on her and then nothing really happens and then we have to fire her and take the belt off of her. So uh, some feelers potentially that she may be going to AEW, some that she may be going to WWE, some that she may be going to ROH, some that she may be going to New Japan, some that she has nothing at all going on right now. Who the hell knows how this is going to all work out? But to me, if she didn't get a job in NXT because of some kind of backstage issues and she went to Impact and she had backstage issues, then I don't understand why she would go to WWE now. I don't think that they would really want to bring her on board during this whole uh, you know, let's fire as many people as we can. Let's try to weed out all the problematic people, which I'm sure that there's plenty of people in WWE that will not see any kind of repercussions to being bad. But, you know, that's a different story when it comes to talent versus other things. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a situation where plenty of people are going in different directions and between the COVID stuff and the, um, Black Lives Matter type stuff and speaking out stuff and just money and the wrestling business is all like a, it's like a hurricane this year. It's very strange. And I got a feeling that we're going to look back on 2020 in one year, two years, 10 years, whatever it is. And we're going to go, wow, that ripped this to shreds. And who knows all the positive and negative repercussions that are going to come out of this, but hopefully it's the eye of the storm. And then when everything works all out, that it'll be all positives, you know, weeding out the bad, setting up better futures for the good.
that's how I kind of hope that everything works out. As far as weeding out the bad and hoping out for the good and stuff like that, WWE Backstage has been canceled, and they are not 100% saying it's totally canceled. They're basically saying, we don't want to do any more shows, which <laughs> that's kind of how canceling works. Just the way that if you don't do your job, you get fired. If you don't have any more TV shows, then you're canceled. And it's, I'm sure, for a lot of different reasons, some of them being the fact that the show just wasn't all that good, and some of them it being like the bad time slot. Uh, I mean, it's, it's so many different things. The bad time slot, that's one thing to talk about. Who is going to tune in to a WWE recap talk show at 11 o'clock on Tuesday nights? Especially when, whenever there was some kind of like a baseball game or a basketball game, or I think it was mostly basketball. I don't remember for sure. But there would be a game of some sort and it would bump it. So then it might show up at midnight. And if you're recording the show, like I tried to do, then you record 20 minutes worth of a basketball game and you miss the last 20 minutes of WWE backstage. Because for some reason, even in 2020, we still can't get our DVRs to really sync up correctly like that. Nobody's going to want to watch that. It didn't offer anything new. WWE already put out the bump, like right at the same time. It's it served a lot of the same purposes in a different way. And of course that show has more than its own problems as well. You know, I don't even bother watching the bump anymore, especially now during the COVID stuff where it's not even in like the studio and all that, but debuted the, the debuted that at around the same time. It's almost as if WWE started workshopping WWE backstage with Fox and then said, you know what? We want to do our own version of that. And kind of compete with it, I guess. Like, you know, we've got Raw and we got SmackDown. They're basically the same show, but they're not. And we've got uh NXT and NXT UK and 205 Live and they're some of them are like crossover types of things. And we've got main event and superstars at one point. They had both of those. So it was like they're they, they almost try to do like double the amount and then see what works and then kind of combine them. So I really feel like the bump was WWE's response to WWE backstage. And in some ways they valued that over it, which I don't blame them for either because, you know, when you have control over your own product, then you can dictate what you want to happen there. Backstage is better than the bump in some ways. The bump is better than backstage in some ways. And both shows from the very start, I felt don't need to exist. And not only do they not need to exist, if you combined both of them and you weeded out the bad stuff, then it would be a pretty decent show. Like if you gave me, for instance, Ryan Popola and Renee Young and Booker T and uh, Matt Camp, let's just say that's the group that's hosting the show. Because I wasn't super a big fan of Evan T. Mack. I wasn't a big fan of uh, Dan Volmeyer. I wasn't a big fan of... I, I like Renee better than Kayla. Um, well, in some ways, you know, they're, they're kind of Kayla's better than Renee in some ways too. Uh, you know, you, you mix up the, the hosts a little bit, you throw in people like Christian and CM Punk and Paige and, you know, anybody as like a guest here and there, Xavier Woods, uh, Ember Moon, like they had some fun stuff going on like that, but I personally hated the promo school stuff just as I don't like how the bump is a little bit too much like we're all hanging out and we're all doing our own good morning America type of thing. Like it's just not for me. So the 
idea of backstage being canceled makes perfect sense to me. They've been just doing these Zoom type shows and those are not engaging in the slightest bit. I mean, I've watched plenty of wrestling stuff. I've been doing this for years. I've been a fan since I was a little kid, but there's only so much that you can take with this kind of stuff. And after like 11, 13, 14, 15, whatever, how many hours per wrestling per week, and then all the WWE Network specials and all the stuff on YouTube and everything like that, I just get sick and tired of it. Like, I don't want to watch 50 hours worth of wrestling stuff each week, especially when a lot of it is just people talking about it. I run my own podcast. I talk about wrestling. Do I want to listen to other people talk about it? I've got enough of it. I already stopped listening to After the Bell. I already stopped listening to the New Day podcast. I'm not going to check out Alexa Bliss's podcast. I'm not going to check out Corey Graves and Carmella's podcast. You got to shut it off at some point. And um, I'm not going to miss WWE backstage. They've also said that they may do special editions before major events in the future. And I don't know if I would count on that, um, especially in that, that, that time slot, but maybe the game plan is that FS1 will just do a WWE backstage special every once in a while. Maybe before WrestleMania, they'll do an addition. And before SummerSlam, maybe they'll do an addition. And if they do that, and all they really do is bring to the table the exact same stuff that they've done before, and it's just basically, hey, we've got Renee Young and Christian and Mark Henry and CM Punk or whatever sitting around talking about what they've been enjoying recently, I don't know if you're really going to bother watching that either. They got to figure out something that makes people want to tune in. And if it's something that's only going to appeal to the hardcore WWE audience, then you're only going to appeal to the hardcore WWE audience that is super dedicated and likes that kind of stuff and gets FS1 and wants to watch it at that time slot or DVR it. That dwindles the numbers considerably. There's not much appeal to the casual audience out there. I don't think that there's a single person I know that is a hardcore WWE fan that even watched that show. And I certainly would bet all the money that I have, essentially, that no casuals watch that. I can't imagine anybody that just goes, oh, you know, I'll tune into Raw every once in a while is going to be like, but I make sure I watch backstage. There's no point. If it's inside baseball, you don't watch inside baseball programs if you don't watch baseball. Uh, speaking of uh, other sports and other things like that, Sarah Logan has decided to leave sports entertainment entirely. She may go into MMA. She is doing stuff with her wild and free TV, uh, social media stuff, and seems like she's going to try to go more into what Shawn Michaels did, where it's like hunting programs and like outdoorsy type stuff. And you know what? If she would rather do that and get outside of the pro wrestling business, maybe that's the right time for her to do that. She did lose her job with WWE earlier this year. Her husband, uh, Eric of the Viking Raiders is still wrestling. And I mean, by all means, it doesn't mean that he needs to stop. So if he is going to continue wrestling and if she could revisit it at any point, if she wants to, but during a pandemic, you can't really do that. Maybe this is the best thing for her. She goes into MMA and tries that out. See what happens. She goes and does these other projects outside of the pro wrestling business. That could be good for her too. Maybe she wants to start a family at some point. That would be a lot easier for her to do if she's not taking bumps in the ring all the time, obviously. So kudos to Sarah Logan for deciding, you know what? I got released from my quote-unquote dream job. I'm going to go find a new one. Hopefully it all works out. 
Um, let's see here. Charlotte Flair may be out for a while, or maybe not. The rumors of her injury are all over the place. There are stories that she may be out until Royal Rumble 2021 in January, or that she may just be out a couple of weeks. So I don't know what to believe. You know, you always have to take everything with a grain of salt. And if one report says she'll be back by SummerSlam, which is in August, and another report says she may be back by January, obviously the information is all over the place. And yeah, medical stuff is not something that you can guarantee anything for. And I'm sure that they give windows for whatever elective surgeries or forced surgeries that she's got. You know, you could say you've got a, I don't know, a paper cut. Is it going to heal in the next day or so? Or is it going to take a week? Or is it going to be there for two weeks? You never really know. And then it just sort of happens. How many times you go to the doctor or you go to the emergency room or whatever it is and they go, I don't know, try these pills. And if it still is messing you up, then come back again. That's what people do. So maybe she has a wing, a big window. Maybe it's, this will take you a couple of weeks or a couple of months. Maybe they know what's going on and maybe they did this whole Nia Jax thing to kind of put her out for a while. Or maybe they did this whole Nia Jax thing to take her out so that way she can come back and wrestle at Extreme Rules for all we know. Maybe she comes back by then. If she is out with an injury until January, though, then unless it was an injury that wasn't necessarily seen ahead of time, I really got to call into question Triple H's whole yeah, three, four months, you'll understand why we did what we did with Charlotte. Well, you know, by that rationale, we would have understood by WrestleMania why they replaced Braun Strowman and uh, the whole Roman Reigns thing and all that. So Triple H is losing some credibility when it comes to that. And I guess we're going to have to just see what happens and remember it for the future. Because if enough time passes by, WWE always, 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 always wants you to forget their mistakes, just like any business or any kind of you know, just people in general, if they make a mistake, they want enough time to go by that you don't remember it. So the best thing for you to do for the future is to remember those mistakes because they happen again and again. And then once, you know, Triple H says, well, in three to four months, you'll see why we did this thing. And then plans changed and then we didn't do it. The next time that he or anybody else says, you'll see what we're doing in a few months, just have patience and just trust us. Remember, it doesn't always work out that way. So we'll see what happens with Flair. I wouldn't bank on this being anything other than just they made bad decisions. And please forget about it and forgive us and keep watching the show. And now that she's out with an injury for however amount of time that she's out, I'm thinking that they're just going to go, yeah, but then just she comes back and you just like it, please. Like that kind of thing. So... I don't think that they can sweep everything under the rug, including the uh, stuff that's going on with the pandemic right now, because Renee Young, Kayla Braxton, Adam Pierce, and many other people have supposedly tested positive for COVID, which is going to screw up plenty of things for WWE, so much so that we have no idea how much it's going to screw things up. And I can't even imagine how frustrated everybody that's working for WWE is right now, because it seems like they just keep pushing along and keep ignoring things. And it seems like it's the way that a lot of places in America are going where people are going, you know what? I'm sick and tired of this and screw it. I'm just going to get the virus and die. <laughs> like that said, it seems like what they're doing. 
I think that this is a horrible mistake. I think that they really should, and everybody should have, for the most part, taken the precautions. And for all the people that are out there that are doing the kind of things that I keep seeing lots of people do, even friends and family members and stuff, where they just go, you know what? Well, we flattened the curve and now you don't have to bother with this and let's all hang out and have barbecues and let's all go swimming together and let's all go out to eat uh, and not have to worry about anything. And I'll shake everybody's hands. And, you know, Loki recently just got uh, under some heat because he's talking about, I, I respect my immune system more than to wear a mask and all this nonsense. Don't be stupid. Stop being stupid. Everybody that's stupid out there, God, just knock it off. Too many stupid people out there. Too many people that are just making it a horrible place for everybody else. So look at yourself in the mirror. Are you part of the problem? If you're part of the problem, get out of the way. Stop making it awful for everybody else. WWE with the COVID stuff, I'm assuming this is just going to get worse and worse and worse before it gets better. And eventually they're going to be shut down entirely, if not at least back to what they were doing before, which was let's record like three weeks at a time for different things and then having to take time off and then just being a complete mess. And patience is a virtue. If people would have treated this as seriously in April as they should have, then maybe we would have things opened up by now. Maybe July would have been when everybody could have gone back to normal. But of course, people didn't want to do that. And then they're going to stretch this out and then you're going to get however many extra months of this kind of nonsense because you can't be patient. So contribute to the solution, not the problem. I don't think that WWE has that mentality in mind, but I don't control the thing. If I controlled the thing, you'd be seeing lots of different stuff. Let's talk about TV stuff. Uh, I'm going to run down some quick things for this. I didn't fully watch every episode of TV this week. As I mentioned before, I tried to take a little bit of time off for my birthday and just kind of relaxing a little bit. I think I kind of deserved it. So I, uh, I skimmed through a lot of these TV show things. So I don't have like a full opinion about like, you know, the Liv Morgan and Natalia match. I didn't watch it to be perfectly honest. I actually didn't watch dynamite at all. And uh, I didn't really watch Dark. I had that on in the background. Um, Monday Night Raw, I skipped through. I watched the full three hours over the course of about like 45 minutes or so. Uh, I mentioned the Ziggler and McIntyre thing. That's kind of neat. I am not digging the whole Charlotte Flair and Nia Jax stuff. Uh, Street Profits retain over the Viking Raiders. And it seems like we're going with Garza and Andrade, which is just repeating the same thing we've seen before. Uh, Kira Tazawa was the new 24-7 champion. Neat. Nothing really super big about that. I'm not interested in Randy Orton versus Big Show at Extreme Rules. They haven't confirmed it yet, but it's you know it's going to happen. So that's just blah. I still just do not enjoy Sasha Banks and Bailey together. I'm sick and tired of them against the Iconics and against Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. So Bailey versus Nikki Cross doing nothing for me at Extreme Rules. Sasha Banks against Asuka. I really don't understand necessarily why they're doing that, but I'm hoping. And we'll talk about this when we get to know our predictions. I'm hoping the game plan, this is the most logical thing. And if they don't do it, I'm going to really question why they are so illogical. The most obvious way to book this is 
Sasha Banks helped Bailey beat Nikki Cross to retain her SmackDown Women's Championship. And then we get the Asuka versus Sasha Banks Raw Women's title match, and Bailey is not ringside for Sasha, and Sasha loses. Or Bailey is ringside and she costs Sasha her match. So that way it further proves the idea that Banks being helpful to Bailey is great for Bailey, but Bailey is not helpful to Banks. Uh, Apollo Crews seems like he's going to be fighting Bobby Lashley for the United States title at Extreme Rules. And I'm curious why they didn't just go with the the Bobby Lashley rematch after they set that up with uh, Drew McIntyre, but hey, whatever. Still not digging the whole Mysterio, Dominic, Carrillo, Black, Seth Rollins type stuff. Uh, Damian Priest is definitely a baby face now. He and Cameron Grimes are still feuding. That's, that's okay. Uh, not really feeling one way or the other about it, but it's fine. Rhea Ripley and the Robert Stone thing. What a step down. You go from dominating war games, beating the Survivor Series teams, beating Shayna Baszler to win the NXT Women's Championship, Char- uh, challenging Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, and you lose, and in typical WWE fashion, it's like, well, you know, we built you all up to lose, and then here our storyline for you is you're fighting Aaliyah. Just not really all that great. Uh, Santos Escobar beat Jake Atlas. Uh, we had more Undisputed Therapy. There's going to be Dexter Loomis against Roderick Strong in a strap match next week. That's going to be a little weird. Uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez still feuding with Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. That's fine. Karrion Cross is still doing his thing. Rhea Ripley uh, beat Aaliyah. She's going to have a match next week against both Aaliyah and Robert Stone. It's kind of fun, but it's not my thing in some ways. And uh, Keith Lee retained the North American Championship. So Keith Lee versus Adam Cole is going to be happening, winner takes all. And I'm still banking on the idea that Karrion Cross attacks both. And we don't walk out with a double champion. Didn't watch main event. Nobody watches main event. <laughs> but Bianca Belair beat Ruby Riot again. And Austin Theory and Murphy beat Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. Uh, 205 Live was just one match. Isaiah, Isaiah Swerve Scott beat Tony Nice, And SmackDown was one half of an Undertaker tribute, and the other half was just sort of filler content. Nikki Cross became the number one contender. I mentioned that before. New Day and Lucha House Party beat Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura and John Morrison and The Miz. Uh, Jeff Hardy beat King Corbin. And that leads us to the other two topics I want to talk about. One of them is that the next NXT specials are going to be called the Great American Bash and that Extreme Rules is going to have a Wyatt Swamp fight, which is weird. And that's why they're now, for some reason, giving this show a subtitle of Extreme Rules The Horror Show, <laughs> which is really stupid. Um, so I'm, I'm of two opinions of this. Uh, Extreme Rules The Horror Show. Very dumb, very hokey. It doesn't flow off the tongue. Uh, nobody is going to refer to it as that. Everybody's just going to call it Extreme Rules or Extreme Rules 2020. Nobody's going to be like, did you watch WWE Extreme Rules, the horror show? It seems Bush League indie kind of stuff to me, like B-movie type stuff. I don't know. Um, I'm not feeling that. Uh, the Wyatt Swamp fight is non-title so to me that kind of means that maybe their game plan is that they they want Braun Strowman to potentially lose but not lose the championship and then that way they could do another match the third match at uh 
SummerSlam with like the Fiend against Braun Strowman with the title on the line or something like that. I'm hoping that he doesn't just drop the title to uh, to Braun uh, to Bray, but maybe maybe this is fun. Maybe it's more Boneyard match than Money in the Bank. I don't know. I'm not digging that, but I am digging the Great American Bash returning. WWE's response with this is that AEW is going to be having Fighter Fest for two weeks. They think that that's going to like kind of replace the regular Fighter Fest that was originally planned. And for the most part, maybe that's true. I mean, Fighter Fest does seem like it's treated a little bit bigger of a deal than in a regular episode of Dynamite. But of course, WWE was like, well, crap, if they're going to do a special episode, we should do a special episode. And thankfully, they made the right call. They have been sitting on the name Great American Bash for a while. And I have been saying for the longest time, anything that's holiday or calendar based that WWE owns the name for, they are stupid for not using it. Like if you have an October 31st episode of Raw or SmackDown or NXT or 205 Live or whatever show it might be, do it as a Halloween Havoc special. If you've got something in the spring, do Spring Stampede. If you've got something on New Year's, New Year's Day, make it New Year's Revolution. You own the trademark to these names. And if you can use them and make sure that you can continue to keep using them in the future, there's no negative uh, spin on trying to convince people that it's a special episode. NXT being the Great American Bash for the next two weeks, revolving around July 4th, might make more people tune in. So calling it Great American Bash does not change the actual episode, but people fall into these tricks. That's why if you see something on like a sales tag, it's like $4.99 instead of $5 because people look at that and they go, oh, it's only four bucks. That one penny difference makes a big, big difference. So if you are NXT, on a regular episode, people are going to go, well, I'm going to watch Fighter Fest. That's a special episode of Dynamite. And if you say, well, but NXT is Great American Bash, then people are going to go, oh, okay, well, now, now NXT is special too, so I'm going to tune in for that. Of course, you need to give them good enough matches. And for the most part, they're doing that. It's going to be Sasha Banks against Io Shirai. It's going to be uh, the Adam Cole versus Keith Lee match. It's going to be a strap match. It's going to be a Fatal 4-Way number one contenders match, so on and so forth. So... They are doing what they should be doing. Very smart. Uh, big thumbs up as far as using the Great American Bash name. I've always thought that the Great American Bash <clears throat> and the uh, Bash at the Beach and plenty of other names like that should be used more often, so I'm very happy about that. And I guess we'll see how the Great American Bash goes because that's going to be happening next week. So, uh, you know, I'll be watching that. And maybe we'll do some kind of a full-on... Great American Bash versus Fighter Fest thing after July 8th when they're over. Maybe we'll kind of compare the two and see which uh, four episodes were better or so. I don't know. We'll see. If you have any suggestions of what you would like to see with that kind of stuff, then again, drop them in the comments below because that's actually the end of the hot tags. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, drop a comment in any fashion. Tell me your thoughts on these hot tags. Tell me your thoughts on my thoughts on these hot tags. Toss out I don't know, recipes, <laughs> something, whatever else you're thinking about. And uh, keep following all the stuff that we got going on here. I've talked about most of my plugs. One of the other things I didn't mention, though, is the merchandise shops, Tee Public and Redbubble. Pick up a mask. You can do that. You can wear a mask. It's good. 
So maybe grab one that's one of these merchandise designs and uh, you can do that on Smartout Moment, on Fanboy Synonymous, and A Mango Tees. All three have shops on Tee Public and Redbubble. And for the most part, just keep staying tuned. As I mentioned before, we've got the mailbag coming up on Wednesday, and we've got some episodes of Paul Heyman's SmackDown that Rob and Callum have been doing. So go ahead and check out what they've been working on. Follow them, of course, on their Twitter accounts, uh, Dude Felice and Wigmeister14. And keep staying tuned to smartcatmoment.com for anything that's on the non-podcast side of things, including the 2020 Sexiest Superstars Tournament, which is going on right now. We are on round one, I think, at this moment. Round two or so, or actually might be on round two. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, we're on round two. That's what it is. So round two is happening. Round three, of course, will happen after that. That's how math works. And uh, go ahead and vote on that on the men's and women's brackets while you can. I have been switching them around on Fridays. I'm probably going to give an extra day to this one and put it up on Saturday or so. I'm not entirely sure, but vote while you can. That way you know that you get your votes in. Anyway, that's it. That's for the hot tags. Thank you for listening to this, everybody. Thank you for all your support in whatever fashion it is, and we will see you next time. But for now, this has been another Smart Cap Moment, and I'm being counted out. Ah!